0: Amoir makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amoir, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot, I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember and styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amoirstyle a-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. This episode is sponsored by BuyHeart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is about mornings and starting your mornings well. I'm specifically going to share five practical things that I do every morning to set up my day for success. These are things I've actually been doing for years and it's not something that, you know, eight years ago I was like, okay, I'm gonna change my mornings and I'm gonna do these five things. It just kind of slowly has Happened and the other day, I just somebody was asking me about mornings and I stopped and I thought about what do I do every single morning? And I realized these five things basically, I never start a day without these five things. And I really feel like they make a huge difference. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about what's saving our life, which I think we have. Kind of a big thing today that we're very grateful for. That is hot water.
1: Yes, very grateful. It's been really cold lately.
0: It's been really cold outside. We've had snow three different times in the space of, I think, two weeks, which is very unheard of. Yeah, it's very unheard
1: of. And
0: it's been below freezing some of the days, and this has affected our hot water.
1: Well, so we thought.
0: We thought it started right around the time whenever it was cold. Mm-hmm. And so we could like if you were to run the bath, you could get maybe two inches of like a nice temperature of water and then, then there would be no hot water. It would be cold. So if you took a really quick shower... You could have warm water the whole time, right, but this has been going on for a number of weeks, but we had been sick and out of town, and just so we just kind of been making it
1: work and and back up we have a tankless hot water heater,
0: so we shouldn't be having
1: right it this should, be, issue. It should come immediately,
0: but we finally had a um, the plumber come out and check, and we thought that it was
1: related to the cold. Yeah, it was just co- <laughs> coincidence that it that even, lined up when it started getting bitter, bitter cold. Even
0: though that doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense. Because of having to take those hot water no. heater. But anyway, there was some, I don't know, did he explain to you? Yeah, there was a check valve that went bad. As, and
1: that's to keep the, the hot water from, or the cold water from entering in the system. And it went bad, so it was refilling up with cold water
0: which definitely, yes, there's nothing like you're taking a shower or you're washing dishes and you all of a sudden, it's like warm water, hot water, warm water, and then ice cold
1: water. Mm, Well, and then uh, last night, apparently they didn't bleed the lines well enough last night because they had to come out again today. And because they didn't bleed the lines enough, there was air in the line. And when there's too much air in the line it, it, changes the rate of the water flow and that particular unit has a minimum amount of water flow that it's supposed to get and if it doesn't get that it throws an error code and the heater the water heater itself doesn't fire so i was using it this morning and it was ice cold and i told him i said yeah we're we're cold and he said it's because you weren't reaching that that water flow level that you're supposed to hit and it shut the unit down
0: so in the process of trying to get hot water back we lost all hot water. Yep. I didn't even take a shower this morning because I was like I there's I'm just not going to start my day well if I start with an ice cold shower. I know that there are some people out there that really sing the benefits of an ice cold shower in the morning but I'm not one of those people. So today, I today
1: but after a warm shower.
0: And you're always like, ooh. It's no, like not anymore. You're getting I, the better. You're f- getting f- better. The first
1: few times that I did it, I was. And then you get used to it.
0: Well, I am certainly not used to it. So today is very unlike my normal day. We talk about five things to do every morning. I didn't take a shower this morning, um, which feels very weird, but... I was not going to brave the ice cold. I just kept thinking of people who don't have hot water. And Mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's such a luxury. like, And it's something that you take for granted until you don't have it. And then you're like, wow, I really like hot water. So we're grateful for that. And I feel like that's saved our lives a little bit to be able to have hot water again. I wanted to share something that's been really, really helpful for me, especially with pregnancy. I struggle with anemia. Um, I found a lot of things that help with that so that my hemoglobin and platelet levels don't go really low like they have in my earlier pregnancies. You've but done really, still really well this time. I kind of am always borderline anemic. So you add in pregnancy, tiredness, fatigue with borderline anemia. And there's just some days that I'm really tired and the thing that I've found to be very helpful is what I call the ten-five principle. So, if I'm having one of those days where I really don't want to get out of bed, I really don't want to get up and work, I really don't want to get up and get things done, but there are things that need to be done, and I know that, you know, if I just lay around all day, at the end of the day, it's not going to be it's not going to be good. Right. So, I set the timer for ten minutes, and I will plan out things that I can do sitting or lying down. So a lot of times it'll be, you know, I can do stuff with, I can read to Kirsten and Baby D or I can work on the computer or work on projects, um, that type of thing. And then when the timer goes off after 10 minutes, I set it again for five minutes and I get up and do something for five minutes. So whether that's a little bit of laundry, a little bit of cleaning, a little bit of picking up, a little bit of cooking, whatever it is, get up and do that for five minutes. Then when the timer goes off, go lay back down or sit back down. And I find that this makes a day where I really don't feel like getting up and doing things very manageable and Mm -hmm. I'm able to actually get a lot done. And I feel like sometimes because you know you only have five minutes, you're like, okay, I can do anything for five minutes. You get a lot done in the five minute period because you're really focused. And so I can get some loads of laundry done and get some cooking done and get some cleaning done and keep the house in pretty good order while also making sure to get plenty of rest. And so Mm -hmm. that's just something that has worked really well for me. And so I just wanted to share it if, you know, maybe you're not dealing with pregnancy or anemia, but maybe you have sickness at your house or you're just, you know, have chronic fatigue or you're just going through a season where you're feeling really tired and you just wake up one morning and you just don't have a lot of motivation. It might be something that can be really helpful for you to be able to get some things done, but also to have some rest time. Jesse, you said that you have been doing 20 minutes of reading mm-hmm. every day. Speaking of setting the timer, talk to us about that.
1: Well, it's been a long time since I cracked open a book to to read. So um, I started going on my audiobook listening, I guess, uh, binge and stopped reading the book that I was reading on the SOG in Vietnam. And so I started reading that up again. And I found that just like... W- you're getting getting up, for, doing things for five minutes. Twenty minutes seems to be like a good magic number for me just to be able to stay focused and to get something done that I want to, uh, you know, whether it's some kind of discipline in my life, you know, that's a good uh, good amount of time to spend focused time on.
0: And so you set the timer every morning and then just, or is it in the mornings? Yeah, or? Usually, yeah. And then just read until it goes off. Mm-hmm. And how many pages can you usually get read during that time?
1: Mm, I'm a slow reader, so probably five to ten.
0: But it adds up.
1: It does. That's why I enjoy it.
0: And yet it's it's doable. But I think there's also that fulfillment of like 20 minutes of reading. And -hmm. and I feel like you're like, okay, check that off my list. Like I did the reading for today. But I found that even little bits of dedicated time to reading, like I read in the mornings on the treadmill and – you know, it might only be five or 10 minutes. I am a a faster reader Year, than faster, you, yeah. but I can get through, like at the end of the week, I'll be like, wow, like I made a lot of progress on this book or even sometimes I will finish a book if it's really short mm-hmm. and it just surprises me because you feel like it, that's not that much time, but the focus time Every single day, that consistency, focused consistency, day in and day out really pays off.
1: Let me, add, I just thought of something. How, how many books did you finish on the lawnmower growing up? I have no idea. <laughs> did you ever finish the books? I know you read a lot while you were mowing, but.
0: Um, so I listened to, I had a cassette tape player. You're aging yourself. Yes, I know. What, what do we call them? Like Walkman or yeah, something? Walkman. And so I would listen while I was mowing and do that. But How then would you hear it? You turn it up really loud. But sometimes I couldn't. It d- just kind of depended if
1: it was... It was, like uh, it was riding a lawnmower, by the way.
0: Windy and loud outside. But I would try to do that. And then um, we had a lot of flat land. It was in Kansas. So we had a lot of flat ground and kind of where you're just sort of going, going back, around in forth. circle mm-hmm. and... And so sometimes I would bring my book out there and I would try to get in some reading. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it.
1: Were the lines straight. (laughs) Probably not
0: super straight, but if you spend hours on a riding lawnmower, you kind of get creative with trying to come up with stuff to do because it gets like... Monotonous. Monotonous really quickly. And I (laughs) spent a lot of hours on a riding lawnmower growing up. My book that I finished that I wanted to share about was called They Call Me Mama. I heard about this from Katie Reed. We had her on the podcast. And when she came for a podcast interview, she was like, by the way, my friend Nicole has written this book. I think you might really like it. Um, They have 14 children and they have adopted all but I believe four. I think they have four biological children. And then they adopted one Um, from, I believe it was an international adoption, and then they ended up going into foster care, and they adopted a sibling group of four and a sibling group of five. Wow. Can you imagine? So this is... Yes, I can actually. I mean, we can imagine because we know that there are definitely sibling groups of that size and that need, but personally for us, I cannot imagine the thought of like bringing in that number of children all at once, um, especially coming from there's probably gonna be a lot of trauma. So yes, I was things thinking like especially that.
1: the layers of trauma be- between the two different sets of siblings and intermingling and
0: And all the different ages yeah. and and life experiences and background and all of that. So what I appreciated about this book, one, it was just their faith to step out and say yes to hard, you know? Yeah. And to things that felt like too much, but yet God was calling them to it and they felt very strongly and there was a lot of confirmation that He was calling them to this and so their willingness to say, yes, okay, we're going to step into step into this by faith, it was just very convicting to me. Like mm-hmm. where in my life am I being selfish? Am I making excuses? Am I unwilling to step out and mm-hmm. and step out in faith and trust God? if he's calling me to this, he will give me what I need for it. But I also appreciated her honesty. She didn't sugarcoat it. Like you got this picture of like, they're these saints and everything <laughs> is wonderful. And, you know, she, she talks about the hard and the challenging and how she loves sleep and she loves privacy and quiet and how she's had to like, give all of that yeah. up and how hard that's been for her. And yet Talking about just how it's been worth it.
1: There's also a lot of rewards that you're receiving.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that was They Call Me Mama by Nicole Horman. And speaking of short books, this was one that I actually finished in just a few hours because it's a it's a short read it's and
1: there's only like two hundred pages.
0: No, it's it's actually shorter than that. It's a short read and it's really engaging, uh, very story driven. And I just think it would be encouraging to anyone who is a foster family, an adoptive family, a large family, mm-hmm. or someone who is considering stepping into, you know saying yes to something that feels really overwhelming, considering foster care, considering adoption, um, just an honest, realistic look at what it's actually like. I have one email that I wanted to read from one of our listeners before we dive into five strategies to set your morning up for success. We got an email from a listener named Tiffany. Jesse, last week, you remember we were talking about The Amazing Race and we were kind of talking about, okay, where can you actually watch it? And we were talking about Amazon and Paramount. And she wrote in and she said, I listened to your podcast today. You can watch The Amazing Race for free on the CBS app. It'll have the latest several episodes for free on all their shows. They try and get you to switch over to Paramount for a paid subscription. But so far, I can still watch on my Fire TV and iPad via the CBS app. So I thought that was a great tip Mm -hmm. from Tiffany. Thank you, Tiffany, for saving us money um, and for passing that along for us and anyone else who doesn't know who'd like to watch this season of The Amazing Race.
1: That's what I've noticed. A lot of these networks, they have their own native app that they have a lot of the shows on, more recent shows, but you can't go back and watch older ones. But then they try to get you to go to the paid, more robust app and separate you between you and your money.
0: Well, isn't that the job of all marketing? That to yep. separate <laughs> you from your money? But I think the a lot of these TV. I'm trying. I was going to say stations, but that's not the right network. Networks. Networks. I I mean, that's th- the word. They, they
1: get you hooked on a certain. I mean, I'm thinking. There's been a couple that I've watched, and they've they've started out on a network, and then you can't get it on the network anymore. You have to go and get the paid app, or in this case, it's. I think we got it free somewhere else.
0: Yes. Well, the thing is, though, for a lot of them, I think they see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. that network TV. Is not really where it's at anymore. And so if you are going to want to have longevity for your brand, yep. you better start a streaming service and you better be pushing it really my hard. guess is
1: they're probably making more money off of it.
0: Yes. I, I think they have a lot more flexibility and also probably a lot more ability, I was thinking, to track everything because I feel like tracking viewership and, you know, people's engagement and all mm-hmm, of that yeah. on just the TV they wouldn't. I don't and think have the capability. Well,
1: they they have estimate. You know how you can estimate it, but it's. I'm sure there's with how you can track with the social media and iPhones and engagement. The data is a lot clearer.
0: Yes. So let's talk about mornings specifically. Five ways I set up my day for success. So these are five things that I do every morning, pretty much. 365 days a year, and it really makes a difference in my day. First off, create a simple plan. I've talked about this in the past on the podcast, but I create what I call a time-blocked to-do list. So I have a hybrid system of Google Calendar and just a simple notebook where I write out the day. And I put times for every block of the day. I make sure to allow plenty of wiggle room. I make sure to allow buffer time and free time because the day never goes exactly like I expect it will. But I've been doing this for a long time. So I've gotten pretty good about knowing how to estimate how long something's going to take me. And the thing that I love about this is that it sets up my day for success because I'm not trying to cram in 36 hours worth of work in a 24 hour day. So as I'm writing out my time block to do list by looking back at my Google calendar to see what activities I have, what all day tasks I've put on my Google calendar, um, then I will assign times for each item that I want to accomplish. I try to start with the, the biggest priorities first, get those done early in the day. And then if I have time later on in the day for things that aren't as high of a priority, I'll put those on as well. But a lot of times what will happen is I'll realize, okay, I'm not going to be able to do all the things that I wanted to do. So I have to then decide what am I going to delete? What am I going to delegate? And what am I going to dump to another day? So that starting with a simple plan. Now, for some of you, you're like, I don't want a time-block to-do list. That sounds horrible. <laughs> like that would just be so restrictive to me. My personality would not like that. That would make me just feel really stressed. Create a simple plan that is three to five things that you want to accomplish in what order for your day. Have a simple plan. When you start with a plan, you are predeciding ahead of time be intentional with your day. Instead of just letting life hit you as it happens and running around just chasing your tail, putting out fires all day long, you are deciding ahead of time that you're going to happen to life and you're going to be intentional with your time. So number one, create a simple plan. Number two, write down your blessings. I have a journal that every single morning, I just write a few lines of things I'm grateful for. And you might feel like, well, I mean, why is this number two on your list of things to set up your day for success? I firmly believe that gratitude reframes your perspective. So if you start your day from a grumpy, grouchy, negative space, that's gonna go with you throughout your entire day. But if you start your day, even if maybe it didn't start on the right foot, maybe you feel like you got up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe you didn't get a lot of sleep, but you started looking for what you can be grateful for, reflecting on the last 24 hours and thinking, what am I grateful for? And you start writing those things down, it really changes your perspective and it helps you to go into your day with this attitude and this perspective of gratefulness and i feel like that just kind of has this trickle down effect on every single thing that you do throughout the day and it just gives you more cheerfulness it just gives you more calmness and it also allows you to go throughout this the you know the hours ahead of this day just looking for more things to be grateful for because i feel like it's one of those things that when you start paying attention to what you have to be grateful for you start noticing more things. So become a noticer of the good and what to be grateful for. And then taking the few minutes to write it down. I mean, literally, a lot of times it will be two lines on a notebook. But just taking the time to do that, it'll take a minute, changes my outlook for the day. So create a simple plan. Write down your blessings. Number three, get your heart pumping. Jesse, you probably are in agreement with me about this. The endorphins that you get from physical exercise have so many positive benefits. One of the things that I find is just if I'm kind of dragging, even if I don't want to, because usually it's not like, oh, yay, I want to go exercise. Like, that's what I feel like doing. It's more like I'm going to go exercise. And I know I'm going to be grateful afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like you look forward to the benefits afterwards. So that's why you choose to start. And so I get on the treadmill. I'm just walking right now on the treadmill. I usually walk for 25 to 30 minutes every day. During that time frame, I um, spend time reading like we talked about earlier, usually at least five to 10 minutes. I'm usually reading two different books, usually something spiritually encouraging during that time. Sometimes I'll take a little bit of time to catch up on text, check my email, um, catch up on messages, direct messages on Instagram, respond to some things, especially if it's a day where I'm really dragging. I found that by doing that, it kind of helps the time pass quickly because it's amazing how much time can pass when you have your phone in your hand. So if you're on the treadmill, you're at least getting something good accomplished while you're having the phone in your hand. And... Then I spend the last five to eight to 10 minutes of my time on the treadmill, just praying over my day. I've already written out my plan for the day. And so I'm just thinking through that in my head and just praying over each individual activity um, if I know that I'm have a phone call with someone, if we're going to record a podcast, if um, I'm going to get together with a friend, if I need to have a conversation with one of our kids, if we have something planned, if I need to write something, whatever is on that list, just praying over. Each of those projects, each of those activities, inviting God into that space, asking for His help, asking for His wisdom, asking for His grace. Like this morning, I knew we were going to record this podcast. I prayed for the podcast. Just give me wisdom, help me to have clarity, help me to speak in a way that is encouraging to people. And so just praying over those things. And also just if I'm feeling heavy hearted about something, if I feel like I'm carrying a burden, that's my opportunity to just release that. To the Lord and just ask for His help. If I'm tired, asking for His strength. If I'm feeling impatient, if I'm feeling frustrated with someone, to just have that time to just pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to help me. I also pray for you, Jesse. I pray for each of the kids individually. You know, if they're specifically struggling with something, if they have some activity that day, just praying specifically for them. And I usually will take a few minutes to also just go back over what I wrote down on my gratitude list and just thank the Lord for that and then pray for the business, pray for the book that I'm writing, um just any other projects like that that are going on, just praying for that. And so that's number 4. So number 3 was get your heart pumping. Number 4, pray over your day. And I just feel like again, getting myself in this frame of reference of I can't do this in my own strength. I need God's help. I need to rely upon Him. I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to micromanage and control and carry heavy burdens. I don't have to white knuckle my way through the day. I can give it to God and ask for His help.
1: And you do the gratitude before you hop on the treadmill, right?
0: Usually, yes. Yes
1: whenever you're on the treadmill, do you find yourself thinking about those things that you said that you were grateful for even more or coming up with new things because those, those endorphins start kicking in and you start getting more clarity of your thinking. And uh, I just wonder if you are more pensive.
0: I find that I have a lot of clarity on the treadmill. So much of my ideas and inspiration for different videos that I'm going to make, whatever project I'm like a writing project book that I'm working on, I get a lot of clarity just as I'm on the treadmill and just kind of praying about that. Then I'll just, these ideas will come to my head. And if I'm just taking the time to thank God for whatever I wrote down that I was grateful for, then usually I'll have so much, so many more ideas that come to my head of mm-hmm. things to be grateful for. So yeah, I really feel like there's just something about using that time to think, to process, to pray, Um, To take in good spiritual books, it just is like, I feel like I get off the treadmill with fresh inspiration and kind of like I've laid all of my burdens down as well.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, just stepping back to number one, I had to step out for, for a few minutes, but thinking of little things that you can do that would be big wins to start your day up for success is huge, you know. Like one little thing that I, I like to do is, you know, go get coffee every day at a certain time when I'm out with uh, Caitlin in the morning, you know, and having that, that routine to kind of start that snowball rolling down the hill. Because then as it you keep going and they'll put more snow with it, it's quite large by the time it gets to the end of the hill. So it's just get the little things out of the way that um, can really kickstart your day.
0: Well, it's like they say, good habits beget good habits. And so starting your day with those, what might feel like a very little win, like mm-hmm. for me, you know, creating that simple plan, writing in my gratitude journal, getting my, you know, getting on the treadmill, just the, the, the act of getting on the treadmill. Um, those simple things, I feel like it's like it kickstarts other productivity, mm-hmm. other energy that then allows me to then want to get off the treadmill and go be productive and go be focused and intentional with my time. Mm -hmm. And we've got one more. And this one is the one that sometimes people have a little pushback on. But it is dress for the day you want to have. And so for this, for me, this involves taking a shower, although like I confess this morning I did not take one because I need hot water for that or I much prefer hot water for that. Um, But then also dressing in an outfit that is not only comfortable and functional, but also just feels good on me. We talked last week about ways that I simplify and just how I kind of get the same outfits and then wear them over and over and over again. So I have simple wardrobe and you know, just dressing in something that's going to encourage me to use my time wisely, which sounds silly, but it's like, I feel like if, if you wear your PJs all day, you're kind of telling yourself, today is just a day for me to lounge around and not really use my time wisely. But if you dress in a way that is just presentable and functional, you're telling yourself, I want to use my time intentionally today. And then also for me, that's fixing my hair and doing my makeup. Simple thing. But I have found putting a little bit of effort into doing my hair and makeup, and like last week we talked about, same hairstyle, same makeup, only takes me a few minutes. But I am so much more productive, so much more cheerful, and so much more energetic by taking a shower, getting dressed, and putting on makeup and fixing my hair. And so, you know, people are like, that's just kind of silly, but try it. Don't knock it until you've tried it because you're setting up yourself for success by saying, I'm going to dress for the day that I want to have instead of just not fixing your hair, not taking a shower, not putting on any makeup, keeping on your loungewear, maybe whatever you wore to bed, keeping that on, wearing your PJs just kind of says something about how you're approaching your day. Even if I'm not going anywhere, even if no one's coming over, not going to see anyone. Although I do live video pretty much every day. So I do, you know, take videos, but I also get on video all the time in my PJs and my bedhead. So that doesn't really bother me, but just dressing for the day that I want to have and having that intentionality makes a huge difference for me. So five things create a simple plan. Two, write down your blessings. Three, get your heart pumping. Four, pray over your day. And five, dress for the day you want to have. We'd love to hear from you. How do you start your day well? What sets your day up for success? What are some things that you do every single day that you feel like make a big difference? Send us an email, crystal at com. Hope you have a great week. Hope you start your days well, and we'll see you back next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.